Hey y'all, welcome back to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends giggle, snort, and recap their way through a new romance novel, usually each week. This week, before we actually jump into the book, I have a very special Patreon shout out. Well, they're all really special, aren't they? <laughs> Leslie B, this goes out to you. You are a unicorn of care, companionship, and silliness. Throughout the ages, unicorns have gotten pigeonholed as creatures of sweetness and light. And while you've got those characteristics in spades, you also prove the species has so much more to offer. Your sass, longing for new challenges, and commitment to the safety of your herd is unmatched. I mean, you basically have a bayonet on your head, and you know how to use it. Plus, I have to say, that flowing mane of curly waves is something that even us land mermaids need to tip our hats to. I have to say thank you so much to all of our patrons, and we're going to keep on moving through these shoutouts. So if you haven't heard your name on the podcast yet, you absolutely will. And now let's jump into part one of our discussion of how to flirt with a naked werewolf by Molly Harper. It's book one in her Naked Werewolf series and a fun ride from start to finish. After all, it's one of Aaron's favorite books. So let's jump right in. Hello, Melody. How the hell are you? Pretty good. I'm having a great day. It's a Friday. I have the day off. Ooh, nice. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Still had to get up at 5 a.m. to reread this book, but hey, oh boy. that's fine. That's there fine. There you go. I love this book. <laughs> I pulled a muscle in my neck sneezing yesterday. <laughs> What's funny is you told, you told me that when we sat down and I laughed then and yet still I almost spit out my coffee again. Yep, you <laughs> almost did a spit take. I, I'm really proud of myself, frankly. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it really is. It's like, tragical. Can you, I know they can't see you, but I can. Can you pantomime what the sneeze looked like? Did you like throw your head all the way back or something? Like what happened? <laughs> I think I, well, so I hold my tension all in my shoulders anyway. So it was just a normal head goes forward, shoulders go up kind of situation. And somehow it just made a prang all <laughs> up in my shoulder and neck. So. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. I did that. I mean, this is the right way to pull your neck. Like, if you're going to pull your neck, this is a normal way. But I did mm. that doing a um, farmer's carry of some kettlebells last week. You know what I'm talking oh. about? Where you just carry them at arm's length. Oof. Like, the the trainer guy was like, put your shoulders back. And I was like, sure. And it just went zing all oh. the way up my neck. And I was like, ah, it pinched some kind of a nerve or something. <laughs> like, I don't ooh. Yeah, that hurt. I mean, one time... I pulled my neck just by standing at the fax machine and looking slightly to the right. That's all yeah, I did. That's literally. You can do that. Yeah. That's all I did. I looked like a quarter turn to the right and my neck, I couldn't move it for four days. Well, I mentioned this on the Facebook cult a couple weeks ago, but like I once like strained my back yawning. Like it was like a big <laughs> yawn. I was doing a big stretch. I was like, mm, I'm getting up in the morning, do a big stretch, do a big yawn. And I just tweaked the shit out of my back. I think I was dehydrated. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so this is one of your favorite books. Was this a listener recommendation or is this an Aaron? I want to read this recommendation. Okay. Wait, wait. Okay, I need to get, I want to answer that question, but I have to talk about something. Oh. At the top of the show. Carry because on. I've, been, I've been forgetting to do it for like three to five episodes. Uh oh. I'm worried. Do you remember how we talked about dueling in the yeah. Duke and I? And then we talked about dueling again when we read 10 Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake. Yeah. Remember that? Of course I do. And that was when I started my low-key campaign to low-key bring back dueling. (laughs) Hashtag bring back dueling. But I can't because I'm a member of the armed forces and it's enumerated. It's an enumerated offense under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Well, guess what? (laughs) What? It's We're no longer a new uniform code of military justice <laughs> for 2020. And guess what isn't fucking in there anymore? <gasps> dueling. They think it's no longer applicable, but hashtag bring dueling back in 2020. Hashtag bring back <laughs> dueling. Like it worked. Our like low key efforts to bring back dueling worked. Man, you are a revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> Madam. <laughs> finally we're gonna thin that herd of toxic masculinity that's <laughs> They'll right start thin themselves out now by dueling with each other mm-hmm. no i'm pretty sure dueling's still a crime uh because you're challenging another person to mm. fight to the death and you're fighting him to the death and you can't oh. consent to an ag assault but you know they're not going to call it dueling anymore so i call that a win <laughs> Um, so I needed to say that to our listeners. We won, guys. It. Oh, good All job. Right. But yes, this is one of my favorite books. When we started the podcast, I was like, this is good. Like, part of it was you and I get to talk every week and yeah. catch up and not drift apart in our friendship. But part of it was also Erin gets to make Melody read a lot of books that she wants Melody to read. I think <laughs> this is the dream of many friends of like, I'm going to force you to read this book yeah. that I want to talk to you about. And this was one of them. I'm like, this is great. We'll start the podcast. We'll read this book. We'll read that book. We'll read this book. And like immediately it was Christmas. So we're like, okay, we got to read Christmas books yeah. or like, you know, holiday books. And then uh, immediately after that, we started the five-star review uh, bribe, where if you give us a Mm five-star review and mention a book, we will do that book. And then suddenly, there were a hundred books in our list queue. And I was like, fuck, I wanted to read my werewolf books. And now it's all crowded up with historicals I don't want to read. Like, this is bullshit. (laughs) So I really wanted to read this book. And then one day, we were on the Twitter, and somebody who had given us a five-star review mentioned this book. And I was like, that's good enough for me. That's right. I dig it. I mean, I still have a couple of books in there that I'm like, no, I'll, I'll put them lower on the list, but we're gonna read it at some point. I mean, we've inserted some books that I think uh, we're not breaking our promise to you. We're gonna do the books. Yeah. But, like we inserted After the Wedding, which yeah. I think was a good insert. We fantastic idea. The Kiss Thank Quotient, you very much. which I think was also That's right. a fantastic ad. I yeah. have inserted, what's the first one in... Uh, a princess in theory. We inserted that. No, it's a princess theory. A princess theory. You keep saying I a keep princess saying. in theory. <laughs> and you Tracy actually Goodwin. did it in a tweet where you tagged the author. So <gasps> did I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so, we'll Alyssa right. Cole, we know the title She's not to your book. She's not, we're not that you cool. You don't know her. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
I wish I'm we knew her. Sorry. She's Why so good. Why didn't you good. tweet back and say you were sorry that I'm a dumbass? <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Now we're even. Oh, actually, I just looked it up again. It's The Princess Theory. I oh, think my I'm God. We're closer. fucking worse. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I know. Well, anyway, that's on the list. Um, yeah. So we've been inserting our favorite books in here. But this one somebody did actually recommend on Twitter's. Yeah. Well, and so... Why don't we just get in there? This is How to Flirt with a Naked Werewolf by Molly Harper, one of my faves. Yeah. And you've said that you've read this, what, like five times? No, I've read it two times, which is more than I've read almost every book that I've ever read. I listened to it. So when I made my three-week commute up to Alaska when I moved up here... I loaded up my audiobooks with a bunch of Alaskan-themed romance novels. This was one of them. So I listened to it, and then I read it afterwards, which is... I dig I it. don't reread books. I've maybe reread four books in my life, so yeah, it's high. Yeah, I rarely reread. Sometimes I do. Yeah, but this is cool because it actually starts at the tail end of her three-week trek mm-hmm. across America. Yeah, Because the heroine is moving from Mississippi to Grundy, Alaska. Uh Uh-huh. Is Grundy a real place? Grundy is not a real place. I think that the place that they are trying to, like, maybe she modeled Grundy after is McCarthy, Alaska. And that's where they film Edge of Alaska, if that's a reference for anybody. Okay. Yeah. That's a fake show, right? uh, Pilgrim's Wilderness took place. I mean, it's a quote-unquote reality show, if that's what you're (laughs) getting at. Yeah. But I definitely, they filmed an episode of Edge of Alaska where they were like, should we bring electricity to this town? And like, there were factions in the town going back and forth of like, electricity's gonna ruin this town. We're not bringing no electricity generators. And they were like in the streets, like doing a little war about it. And like, we had been there the week before and there's like vending machines and like, it's a normal. (laughs) So like... (laughs) They they take some liberties, I think, with uh, reality. Fair enough. <clears throat> okay, anyway. so yeah, we open up the book, and she is. Um, what's our heroine's name? Mo Weinstein. Yes, Mo Weinstein, and that is absolutely a nickname mm-hmm. because she has insane pants. Parents, <laughs> right? So part of the reason she's decided two reasons she's gonna just like vacate Mississippi. Go to Alaska, just like pick somewhere on the map. She wants to just get as far from Mississippi as she can. And she just Googled places far away in Alaska. And she right. found this one. Um, her fiance and her broke up. She had like a nice, uh, conservative, normal fiance and the sparks just weren't there. They broke up. And also her parents are fucking wackadoos <laughs> who, um, yeah. Her parents are like nutty, nutter butters, hippie peeps um, who have like a commune in Mississippi and she grew up on the commune. So she was like, I learned sort of quickly not to really make friends because people could be there for three weeks or they could be there for three years and right. then they were gone again. And her parents were the only crazy ones, crazy, crazy enough ones to like be yeah. there all the time, commune, devoted, yeah. full time. So all of her, um, a lot of the first chapter is devoted to her describing her different acts of rebellion over the years, Mm -hmm. which included things like demanding to go to public high school and Mm -hmm. working at a 
a drive-in diner situation where, in her mother's words, she charred animal flesh. Right. <laughs> and, um, like, eating said animal eating, flesh. Eating yeah. said animal flesh. That's a big one. Um, all the all the hostess snowballs she could get her hands on. Oh, the, um, the sugar, the processed yeah. foods. Yeah. <laughs> Those were all of her little acts of rebellion. And then, of course, she realized later that that being with this fiance who she didn't really have super sparks with was also kind of an act of rebellion because he stood for everything that her parents didn't basically yeah like he so, was a republican he was a square he paid taxes gas yes, to the federal government <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so they broke up and now she's running away she's well, trying to find a new life yeah, and it's it's actually not quite about her fiance even. It really is about her mom. She and her mom mm-hmm. have a really, really tough relationship because her mom has based a lot of her identity on having this daughter and guiding her to sort of be a carbon copy of herself. Right. And she also has boundary issues. So she describes her mom just like showing up randomly and going through her bills and that's how and she finds all out the food out like going through a pantry. How dare <laughs> yeah. you touch my kitchen, <laughs> right. madam? You leave well, the snowballs alone. <laughs> and Mo especially because she is a very good cook and yeah. she probably took a lot of offense to throwing out all of her ingredients. Yeah. So, she, so she arrives in Grundy. Yeah. It's the summertime. Why, I don't know why she chose this 4 by 4 like crazy inefficient gas mileage car to go from mississippi to a i mean but she says that she's got a nest egg that she doesn't have to work in alaska for a good year or two just upgrade a tiny bit so you're not spending (laughs) a thousand extra dollars on gas i don't get it but fine yeah okay (laughs) maybe she just really wanted to fit in in grundy alaska (laughs) yeah well and so when she gets there it's summertime she checks in with the like town lawyer slash realtor who gets her fixed up in the Myers place. One of the reasons I reread this, because I listened to it first, then a couple months later, after I'd been here a little while, I read Mm -hmm. it because I wanted to know like how accurate the stuff was. Oh, yeah. And the answer is super duper accurate. Like, And especially this time I was reading back and I was like, okay, yeah, that's good stuff. Like the... So she goes into the Myers place. They were going to have somebody clean it up before she got there. So he was expecting her to stay in a hotel the night that she arrived in town before she started renting this place. And she was like, no, no, I don't want to stay in any more hotels. I'll clean it myself. That's fine. And it had been like a pack of fishermen where she's like finding fish everywhere. And there's just like disgustingness all over this cabin. And I was like, that's I think that's pretty accurate. Anywhere you go, if you rent, like, a car in Alaska or you go stay somewhere, there's always, like, a no fish, um, like, clause. Like, if you rent a car, they're like, no fish in the car. Zero (laughs) fish. It's like, okay, I got it. Yeah. That's smart, though. This cabin must have had not had a no fish clause. Yeah, because she said there was, like, 50 fish. Just, like, sometimes just hanging in the pantry or hanging in the bathroom. (laughs) And... On the on the floor of the hallway, like craziness. I mean, it feels like these guys like frat partied out at some point and were doing like animal puppets, like like sock puppets with the fish and then just left drunkenly in the morning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a, it was an odd description. But yeah, I was wondering how accurate it was because as a non-Alaskan now being friends with the current Alaskan, I was like, 
I wonder, I mean, I found out afterwards, but as I was reading it, I was like, I feel like there's not enough time spent on the lack of darkness in the summer and the lack of light in the winter. Like, mm. she never mentions it. You know what I mean? So I was like, I didn't know if it was just because the author, it was so commonplace for her now, but mm-hmm. she's from Kentucky. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that was something that, you know, she really also crossed has her a mind. series set in Kentucky. Um, but also, I think she she does mention it in the winter, but not really in the summer. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like that is almost more jarring where you're like, yeah, cause you, absolutely. you at some point, you were like, oh, my God, I forgot to go to bed. And I just realized oh. it's 1 a.m. <laughs> like- all the time. Like <laughs> all the time. You'll go over to a friend's house for dinner and you'll just be chatting about, you know, like stuff, work, yeah. boys, you know, stuff. And then you'll just look at the clock and you'll be like, I need to leave your house because it's midnight on a Tuesday and I'll be leaving soon. Like, it's just a very (laughs) weird thing. But that means that you can go on a run at 11 p.m. and not have to worry about it being dark outside. It's perfectly light. It's not dangerous, you know, because it's like the sun's up. Um, or like you feel good clean in your house at 9 p.m. You don't have that like, oh, it's so late, you know. No, totally. Um, but then in the winter, all you want to do. catch up with you. It catches up with you when winter hits and all you want to do is lay around and eat carbs and just mm. snuggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay. Um, realtor guy sets her up in the place. He tells her that the men are going to be very happy to meet her because it's not every day that a unattached pretty girl moves into town. Yeah, and he sort of fancies himself the town matchmaker, which uh-huh. I find really endearing. Adorable. And so she spends the whole first night cleaning and then she goes into town the next day, right, to get like supplies and then yeah. she's going to go eat lunch at the Blue Glacier saloon it's a saloon Mm -hmm. everybody and i love that so hard (laughs) so goes to the saloon and she meets is her name ellie evie huh evie evie Evie. sorry sorry bff her new bff that owns the blue glacier saloon she goes there to get a bite uh or and get stuff and whatever yeah and um, she's chatting so she's with Evie, sitting at the bar, chatting at Evie, new girl in town, like trying to figure out where she's from and stuff. Um, no less than like 25 men come up to her and like, hey there, uh, and, yeah. we've noticed you're female. And court her in various ways. <laughs> yeah, offering her meat and um, cable TV. Yeah. <laughs> All the amenities. Right. One of my favorite lines in there is she's like, hey, so is this like normal? Should I expect this? every day or is it just because it's day one and Mm -hmm. evie was like listen lady you're a reasonably attractive human and you're unattached in grundy alaska it's gonna Uh happen every day and she was like well no and then and then um mo is like i really like this about mo she was she literally says out loud well i don't know why reasonably had to be thrown in there but (laughs) fine Fine. (laughs) it's It's a really funny book you guys it is so funny um and so I think I think if you actually move to a smaller place like Grundy, you would experience that because even in Anchorage, which is like three hundred thousand people, like you get on Match dot com and it's a little bit intimidating here. My coworker and I got on Match dot com at the same time, okay. And we were going to kind of like help each other. Um, mm. First, we ninety nine percent matched with each other, so that was awkward. We were like, okay, oh. but moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I got like in the first day, probably like over 100 close to 200 messages in the first game my thing was up and so 
we put it up on a Sunday. So I got to work on Monday with my phone and I was like, <laughs> hey, man, like, let's go through our matches. And he's like, I don't have any matches. I didn't oh. get any messages. And I was like, oh, OK. And so we went through. But that's normal because boys usually message girls on those unless you're on Bumble. Like, that's oh, a normal thing. Okay. Right? okay. So I was like, OK, well, let's just scroll through the ladies that are in the thing and we'll find mm-hmm. some to send matches to. <laughs> and it was just like, ooh. There are six of them. (laughs) It was not a great (laughs) selection. I was like, oh no. And I don't think it's because there aren't attractive available women in Anchorage. I think they just don't want to be on those dating websites because it is, we are outnumbered by a lot and it is pretty intimidating, I think. But it was just, it was so funny. Anyway, um, I love it. So Um, while she's at the bar, oh, she goes to get up. She goes to get up out of the stool and then mm-hmm. her boot catches on a loose floorboard or something and <laughs> she falls backward into the hard surface that we learn is Cooper. Cooper. He's the yeah. hero. <laughs> He's big, tall, guy. <laughs> and warm. Warm. Real warm. warm. He's got some says- scruff. She looks at him and she's like, this is the kind of guy that in my old life back in Mississippi, I would have slept with before the first date. That's so I need right. to, I need to like <laughs> calm it down, like tamp it down a little bit because I'm trying to be a new person. I'm right. moving on in my life. We're not going to fall for these traps anymore. And he's and kind of an asshole to her because Evie introduces her and he's like, she's not even going to make it through the first winter. I'm not even going to learn her name. Like, yeah, he's a dick. And then, and so my, my other favorite part of this is she goes, oh, so he's a huge asshole that I'm definitely going to sleep with him. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah, she's oh, like, no. oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I hear you, Mo. I'm down. I, I gotcha. I know. You too. You don't know what to do with yourselves. So that meeting is sort of uneventful that he goes to a separate er- edge of the bar and this famous waitress in town. <laughs> she's- oh, God. Lynette. Yeah, Lynette, you know, always wants to be the hottest commodity in the room. She immediately makes a beeline for Cooper because he's really unattainable. So Mo notices that Lynette is just like laying it on thick, like she's brushing it's it with so her hips sad. and she's doing all the things and he's just <laughs> firmly ignoring yeah, her. Yeah, does not care. Cooper and also then- tells uh, Mo that she ought to try Evie's famous pie and that it'll change her life. Yes. And then she mentions it and somebody's like, no, Evie's terrible in the kitchen. If you eat any of her pie, you're going to be on the toilet for like a week hating yeah. yourself. And then and she's like, why would he tell me that it's life changing? And they go, well, a week on the toilet would yeah. probably be super that- life changing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's so like, oh, rude. he's a jerk. Yeah. He doesn't want me here. So then what happens is Evie's husband, Buzz is usually in the kitchen, um, even though he's not super great at it, but it's like the only place to eat in town, so people really don't have a, a choice. Um, and he and another guy, I think Pete, were daring each other whether or not their knife was sharp enough to cut through a, a beer, beer bottle. bottle which Dumbasses. sounds so ridiculous, but also so plausible. Like, that's I know. such a thing that men would dare each other I to know. do. So he comes out and he is bleeding profusely. Yeah, really bad. So they have to rush him to the ER. Yeah. And and she is like, Evie's going through all the options. She's like, I don't, you know, we can close the saloon. We can do this. We can do that. And then um, Mo steps in and she's like, I was a shorter cook all throughout high school. And for a couple of years afterwards, 
I can jump in. Like I, I can absolutely this. do that. I know that how for to you. make a, a tuna melt and yeah. a French fry. I got it. Absolutely. So they agree. And then they find out after a long day in the kitchen where she's like, oh, man, I forgot how much I enjoyed this because she's been working in marketing for a little while. Because, again, Mm -hmm. safest career as possible in opposition to her family. And so she really likes it. And then Evie's like, hey, so they had to take him to the actual hospital uh, 300 miles away. He's in surgery, and they said that he's not going to have use of his hand for a few months. So you want the job? (laughs) (laughs) And meanwhile, she had planned to just figure her life out and do some soul searching for the first year. And then if she wanted to stay, then she would find some gainful employment because she has this nest egg. Mm -hmm. But she's just like, you know what? I like it. Yeah. I like being useful. I like it here. It's a good way to meet everybody and like integrate into the community that really doesn't favor outsiders in the first place. Yeah. Also that day she meets Alan Darling. Alan Darling. Just the most unfortunate character. U.S. Forest Service Ranger. And he's just so hot. She's like, if they put him on a poster for Move to Alaska, like thousands of single women would rush up here. He's got big old blue eyes and sandy hair and he just loves her. And he's just like always doing nice stuff for her and giving her smiles. Yeah. (sighs) Poor Alan. So yeah, she's flirting with Alan, but you guys, Alan's not going to win. So (laughs) you know that. That's the thing. You know that going in, even though (laughs) she's going on these dates with poor Alan. Um, you know anyway, what? I don't know. I think what? it's I think it's a good thing, though. What I mean? I don't. What know. What do you mean for Alan that he ought to learn a lesson? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I feel so. That's fine about it. He got a few makeouts out of the deal later on. <laughs> he did. Who yeah. knows? Anyway, yeah. And so then, like, they spend the first few months. Um, she's at the diner. She's um. Or I guess the saloon. I should stop saying diner. It's not a diner. Although it's basically diner food before yeah. she steps It's a diner in. and like kind of pool hall sort of situation. Yeah. yeah. And she is just figuring out life in Grundy. She is, you know, cooking at the saloon. She's getting her house set up and figuring out how to, how to live in a cabin and like mm-hmm. make it cute. Right. And, and Evie is Cooper's cousin. Yes. And every time Cooper comes in, so it's clear that like Mo and Alan, the forest ranger, are kind of flirting. They like go on a little dinner date. Like they're kind of hooking up a little bit. Evie's right. not about it. Every time Cooper comes in and skulks around. Evie's so salty about she's it. She's like, hey, Mo, look at Cooper and how hot and sexy he is. My cousin. Like, don't you want to get with Cooper? And Mo's like, he's so mean. Like, he's the uh-huh. meanest guy and Alan's super nice to me. He doesn't like like me. I don't know why you keep pushing this because he objectively hates my <laughs> right. insides and my outsides and everything around me. Like right. she just she's like I don't understand why you're doing this. So they run into each other at the grocery store at some point. It's such a great little scene. <laughs> she is. runs smack into him with her cart uh-huh. and he's like you might want to get that depth perception situation like worked Looked out. At. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and he says something about she's like buying way too much food and he's like were you having a party or something at your cabin with your no friends because you just moved here and she's like I just like food. And she's like what are you on Adkins or something because this whole cart is like full it's of just meat. meat. 
Yeah, and the whole time she's just, like, checking out his hands and, like, yeah. checking out his package, checking out and those his, abs. Yeah. His robust shoulders. Yeah, she keeps she blushing and she's it. like, stop it, stop it, stop it. He's so <laughs> mean. And they just have a little, like, we hate each other and then, you know, skulk off. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. She also has a wolf encounter in these first few chapters. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. The very first night in yeah. her cabin... She hears a rustling outside, goes outside, and like 30 feet away is this dying elk and a wolf like like over it, looming over it. Just the elk about is to, like, Wah! it's like, yeah. Wah! Yeah. is that a good podcast noise? I think so. I think that's really good. <laughs> oh, good. It's going to get doing them, it. It's going to set the mood. <laughs> so the uh, the wolf is just about to like tear its throat out and finish the job but it looks up and its crystal blue eyes meet with hers and it gets really distracted and so the uh-huh. elk gets up and starts floundering away again so the <laughs> so the wolf's like all right i'm going to chat yeah i got to go got to get my fucking dinner thanks a lot <laughs> guess who else has crystal blue green eyes <gasps> It's Cooper. Cooper. Cooper has crystal blue green eyes. And then sometimes when she meets Cooper's eyes in the saloon, she's like, gosh, those, so those crystally, bluey, greeny eyes, they just look so familiar. And Where I don't I know. Maybe it's that wolf that keeps coming back to my nose. No, that's crazy. That's nutter butters. And let me also say, one of the reasons that this wolf keeps coming around. Oh, yeah, dumbass. Is that, okay, <sighs> bing, boom, bong. Wilderness safety Wilderness with Aaron. Wilderness safety with Aaron. You don't have to live in Alaska <laughs> for this one. Mo <laughs> keeps throwing her fucking leftovers out the back door in her backyard to be like, here, woodland creature. Like, she's yeah. Snow White or some shit. Here's do squirrely, that, squirrely. Have some breads. Yeah. No, Mo. That's not even okay in Mississippi. Like, don't no. do that. You're going to get deers and alligators, maybe. I don't. I mean, all the things. So, Dumbass. so we find out much later that the wolf keeps on coming by her house because it's following all of the tinier bread eating creatures that are coming around her yeah, door. She's like, how wonderful. Yeah. All the squirrels and raccoons and possums are coming <laughs> over to my door. Look at that little bunny. Ha ha ha. Like, you know what eats bunnies? Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Worves. 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 <laughs> Sorry, where were we? Oh, uh, oh yeah, we were in the grocery store. Grocery store. So they keep on having like little run-ins like that, where they see each other at the grocery store, or he will often come into the saloon because remember his cousin owns it, and you know she learns his favorite order and and all of that, but mm-hmm. they don't have any sort of substantive conversation. Yeah. And then one day, Evie and Buzz are both out of town, mm-hmm. and she's closing up. Well, she wasn't planning on closing up for the night. But then she got sick and went home or something like that. Yeah. So she was going to close up by herself. And she was like, it's no big deal. I know how to run the bar. Oh, because this place also turns into a bar at night. It's just the best. Mm -hmm. So she's going to close up. And then there's this um, there's this trucker guy sitting at the bar. And he's sort of hitting on her and she's getting all the weird feels. Um, This is where one of the patrons like calls her over and is like, hey, is that outsider messing with you? And she's like, mm-hmm. hold on. Did they just refer to that guy? That guy as as an outsider? I'm not an outsider anymore. I think I'm in. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she does all the right things. Like when she, she does. closes up, 
those two guys walk her to her car. There's nobody out there. She's fine. It's in her head. And then she realizes she forgot to take the trash out. Yeah. And, and then they have like oyster clam stew. chowder. Yeah. yeah. That's the one. For, for lunch. And so she's like, I got to take that trash out. So she gets out of her car, goes back in to take the Has trash out. Has her keys in like in between her fingers. Does the key finger thing. Does it? Mo's doing all the right things. She is. Now. Currently, <sighs> Mo is doing all the right things. So yeah. then... This guy comes out of nowhere and he's like, I left my hat in there. And she's like, okay, well, I can't really go. I can't let you back in there. And he's like, well, just go in with me. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, it's my favorite hat. And she's like, well, come by tomorrow morning and you can get your hat. And he's like, well, I got to leave early tomorrow morning. So, you know, just like, let's go in and look for my hat. And she's she's doing it and right. And she's like, nope, I'll send it to the trucking company if you want. Yeah. Or I'll send it to the motel. Or I'll send it to somewhere that's not right. you right now. So finally, he just kind of gives up the act. And he's like, Assaults all right. Her. Yeah. yeah, I'm 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 robbing the place. Uh, right. I'm going to slam you against this brick wall. Then he strangles her for a little bit. Yeah. He basically insinuates that not only is she going to help him get the money, but they're going to spend some quality time together mm-hmm. while they're inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because she's been so rude to him. Um, oh. So she scratches up his face with the keys a little bit. Yeah. And he's the like, you bitch bit. my face. And, uh-huh. it's, and it's like, rah. But then out of nowhere. Well, she comes a wolf. Yeah. She kicks him in the balls. Like she yeah. incapacitates him. It's good. Yeah. She, she would have done fine. Yeah. But out of nowhere. Oh. Comes a wolf <gasps> to go get that guy and oh, he yeah. bites him. Well, and, and she's thinking, like, oh, this is great. I either die by the hands <laughs> of the robber rapist right here, or I right. die by the teeth of the wolf that's currently in front of yeah. me. But then she realizes as she like sprints away from the dude that the wolf has no like the wolf has squared up to the guy the guy scrambles back up against the wall Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the wolf has no eyes for her except for making sure that it's in between her and this this threat right so she gets into her car she peels out and as she's peeling out she sees the wolf just like leap on this dude oh yeah um okay so i know you don't read a lot of paranormals but uh-huh. this is a necessary step you have to take in every paranormal romance novel where a monster, the creature, has to murder somebody for you. There has to oh. be a murder for you in the wow. beginning of every vampire or werewolf book. Well, that is true romance, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so and this is the necessary murder that takes place at the beginning of the book. technically, there's no murder because the guy, like, so here's what happens. They, she goes back to her cabin. She calls Evie and Buzz. They immediately come over. Buzz is also, he's my favorite. Buzz is also the sort of deputized dude in Grundy. Um, yeah, because no, otherwise, no, it's no just, official titles here. He just yes. has decided he's the law. Well, no, and, and the state police coordinate with him or whatever. Yeah. He comes over in his official deputized uniform yeah. situation. <laughs> like, like he has a hat they've given yeah. him. It's yeah, very he cute. got a hat. Yeah. And so they, he coordinates with them and they find out later on from the state police that this guy is no longer going to be a threat because he apparently, he was attacked by this wolf, but then he got into his truck and was like, like screaming away as fast as he could. And he drove off the highway, crashed his truck. Yeah. Yeah. Probably from like blood loss and stuff. 
but he could have <laughs> he could have taken e- different measures and and I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm not super sure that that wasn't a staged situation that I'm Cooper sure. did. No, because I'm sure. I mean that's also a highly tropey trope of this thing of like then the murder is staged to look like an accident, like uh, um uh like in Sookie Stackhouse yeah. vampire mystery yeah. vampire novels, um, the tornado that touched the tornado down in Mississippi that just, <laughs> just touched down for an instant to murder <laughs> up those rat trays, yep. yeah. Yeah, so that's what they say is he was probably bleeding so much he drove off the road, but they never circle back to that. And I think it could be that Cooper just like planted his body there and lit a match, but we'll Maybe. never know because she never really brings it up with him, weirdly. <laughs> she does kind of, yeah, but not right. in depth. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the biggest thing that happens next is they have the first frost party, right? Is that... No, no, no. No, no, no. Slap, slap, kiss. <gasps> oh, my God. Slap, slap, kiss. Which, <laughs> P.S. listener, uh, slap, slap, kiss was in our final two titles. I think that we chose correctly. Heaving bosoms was too. what I, I came up with immediately when I was like, Aaron, here's my idea. We read a romance novel. Actually, do you remember when I floated the idea that both of us read a romance novel and yes. each tell each other about the book? What a disaster. Stupid. (laughs) And I was like, no, let's just read one and talk about just the one. And you were like, ooh, good, 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 good. Uh Excellent. excellent. More like a book club. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbass. (laughs) But yeah, slap, slap, kiss. I don't remember what our other titles were. Slap, slap, kiss was one. I don't remember, but I remember we actually did a mock-up logo for Slap Slap Kiss. Yeah, but we finally decided that that was actually more of a a screen trope and not a book trope. So yeah, although we have had several Slap Slap Kiss, there was one in Nine Rules to Break. That's true. There, I can't remember the other ones, but I know we've had a few. Yeah, but this is definitely one. He, what does he say to piss her off? Oh, she shows up. So she's working at the diner and he's sitting there like an asshole. She's being nice. And she goes to pour him more coffee. And she's like, hey, so like maybe we could be friends or something. And he's like, oh, no, he he just comes out and says, I really hate it that you've made Evie rely on you. Like you're going to set her up for failure because, oh, she's wanted to change the menu a bit. And mm-hmm. she sort of she sort of uses the um, the guilt they feel over her getting assaulted outside of the restaurant mm-hmm. to like kind of weasel her way in. And then she realizes she didn't need to do that at all because Evie's wanted to change the menu for years. She's just been dealing with Buzz's skill set and not Moe's skill set. So anyway, she's changing the menu. It's getting exciting. She shows up with these different dessert trays because she's going to start doing different Chess desserts squares, every day. Y'all. Chess squares, bitches. <laughs> she's like, everything's really exciting. And she mm-hmm. is excited to sort of invest back in this person that gave her a chance right? in a town where nobody likes outsiders. So he's like, I can't believe that you're making her rely on you like before the first winter. You're going to fail. You're going to turn tail and run. And it's not going to impact you at all. But Evie is going to be just high and dry. And she is just like, enough. Like, you don't get to talk. And also, Cooper, like, had Mo known a little more about you, this would have been a real good tell off. But she didn't know enough. But you're a super duper fucking hypocrite. Oh, Cooper. Huge hypocrite. 
Cooper. Yeah. So she, instead of causing a scene, she goes outside to actually back to the scene of her assault. And she goes through that. She's like, so I'm pissed. My heart is racing. Then I come to this PTSD spot. Yeah, she's like, whoops, didn't mean to yeah. come back here. Now, <laughs> now I feel even worse. <laughs> and then Cooper comes out and he's like, Evie said I need to apologize to you. And she's like, don't fucking bother. And yeah. they start talking and then she's like, just go away from me. You obviously don't like me. I don't like what a jackass you are. So you mm-hmm. stay away from me. I'll stay away from you. And he just lunges at her. And he mm-hmm. grabs her face and it's this really good kiss. And she's like, oh, my gosh, this is a really good kiss. And she starts twining her hands up in his hair and she's responding. Wait, she punches him before he even starts talking to her. Like she's in like a fetal position. She's got her head oh between her God, knees and he comes up behind her and freaks her out so bad that she clips him in the jaw immediately. Yeah. Before anything ever happens. Then they get in the yelling match. Then he gets smooches are good. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry so to interrupt right. the smooch. No. But there has already been a punch. Oh my and gosh. And then post smooch, there's another slap, right? She's real pissed at him. She's so She's like, mad. Why I don't are you smooching her. on me? It's like all the second, all the, all the mixed God. signals. I like also, it because you're so sexy, but like, stop. Yeah, like my body is responding, but I don't want to. Yeah. So she kisses him for a minute and then she's just like, get the fuck off of me and pushes him away real hard uh she needs him as hard as she can in his quote now bulging zipper <laughs> amazing and he goes what the hell what the hell is that for ah <laughs> uh, yeah. and this is where so she realizes so he's he's like looking deeply with mm-hmm. his crystalline blue green eyes they're so familiar mel they're so where are they from where well, are they from this is where it all sort of coalesces because she remembers yeah. the wolf size in the same alley. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Cooper's a werewolf. And he pulls down her neck to see all her strangle bruises and is yeah. like, oh, shit, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was so bad. Yeah. And so then he leaves and he's like determined to actually respect her wishes and stay mm-hmm. away from her. Yeah. She says, don't pretend you give a shit like about my bruises. Yeah. And it's very plain how you feel about me. It's mutual. Stay away from me, and I will sure the hell stay away from you. And he says, I'm sorry. Leaves. And then his tail is his between, tail between his legs. His, legs. <laughs> his actual <laughs> tail. <laughs> so she then is standing outside in the in the alleyway and she just starts cackling because she's like this is ridiculous. <laughs> also, <a> I'm <laughs> insane because werewolves can't exist. Like I mean, she never actually says that, but that's sort of what she's thinking. And then she's like, oh, wouldn't it be hilarious to go inside now and have Evie ask me why I'm hysterically laughing and be like, your cousin's a werewolf, (laughs) like friendship ender. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, it's so good. So, oh, wait, I needed to segment. I'm about to save a life. Are you ready? (gasps) Yes. After she gets strangled. Bad enough to give her bruises, which strangulation doesn't always cause bruises. In fact, the most severe ones don't cause any bruises. However, whoa! After it does, she gets, it does, however, cause petechia in your sometimes. eyeballs. Do you want to get into this? Nope, no, I don't. Nope. <laughs> okay, can of worms closed. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but at least her jugular was blocked because she's got. I mean, she's got some serious bruises going. 
you need to go to the fucking ER immediately, no matter how bad, like how minimally you were strangled. You need oh. to go to the ER because that pressure that built up in your brain from blood not being able to escape your head through your jugular could cause blood clot, aneurysm, whole thing. And it could oh. sleep for like two days. So you could think you're totally fine. You're breathing. You're good. You're talking. Everything's and great. All of a and then you, you just drop, drop dead two days later. Shit. So if you are ever strangled by anybody, God forbid, anybody out there and you're like, oh, I'm fine. It wasn't that bad. Go to the ER still and get a strangulation workup. Bing, boom, bong. Life-saving Whoa. measures with Aaron. <laughs> Thank you. Because I was just like, Mo, have somebody check you out. Like, you got strangled real bad. Also, she takes a shower. Don't ever take a shower after a crime. Any kind of crime. Yeah, don't shower after crimes. No kinds of crimes. Maybe if somebody touches you. If you're committing them. But yeah, if you could... (laughs) Hey, bing, boom, bong. (laughs) Getting away with crimes with Aaron. Immediately shower after the crime. (laughs) <laughs> maybe i should cut crime, that part if, no you shouldn't if you are a crime victim you should yeah, never shower, shower. please it's, don't shower it, what it comes down to is whether you want there to be evidence or you don't want there to be evidence. right right if you've decided that it's not in your best interest to report and you're not comfortable with that then by all means i guess shower no but no if you don't want to report go to the hospital still do a restricted report Oh. Get all the evidence taken, and then you don't have to oh, report yeah, it to the cops. You might but if months your later mind. you decide that you want to report it, then you still can, and the evidence is all there. But again, if you committed the crime, throw away that evidence. <laughs> this has been obstructing justice with Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Bing boom bong. Bing boom bong. All right. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> can we keep that in? No. Don't it laugh. I'm going to cut that. It was the last. <laughs> Guys, I told you that I pulled my neck <laughs> sneezing. It's because I have a bunch of a bunch of phlegms and a bunch of runny noses. And so they're running everywhere. And I just blew my nose. I know I muted it for you guys because it's the conscientious thing to do, but that's what Aaron was laughing at. <laughs> okay. Okay. So So the next thing that happens is that it's Evie's birthday. Moe's birthday. That's what I said. Nope. <laughs> Moe's birthday. <laughs> so, wait, has it already been the... No. The Frost Party? No, it's nope. her birthday first. Okay, so yeah. she goes She goes Big into shit the happens bar. at the Frost Party. It's quiet. She's opening up the bar. And she's also, like, a little bit... She's like, something is wrong. I yeah. was assaulted here. All she, of my She hears some shuffling around in there. Yeah. But it's a surprise party for Mo. Surprise! <laughs> and she doesn't even and think they, anyone knows it's her birthday. But yeah. Evie read her like uh, what you call it the W the, the file. W. Yep, That's <laughs> the, w the one you fill out when you work <laughs> in a place. They've also made like this banner out of construction paper because the nearest actual craft or party store is probably three hundred miles away. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's so cute. And then Alan comes up and he says that he wants to make some dinners for her. He wants to kiss the birthday girl. So she gives him a peck. And then he kind of like does one of those lip brushes. And she's like, ooh, he knows what he is doing. Yeah. This is good. Attractive man. Knows how to smooch. Yeah. And he he scoped right before. So he obviously had an agenda. Uh (laughs) She can still taste the scope. Mm -hmm. And then... 
And then he's like, I want to bounce chicka bounce over some mm-hmm. Stouffer's lasagna tonight, if you would. <sighs> Mel, it upset me so much because I just feel like <laughs> Alan's such a good guy. She go, he does it right. He's doing the smooching. He's good at it. He, in so many of these books, the second guy is for is some asshole. reason a tool shed. Right. This guy is totally great. He's attractive. He does the right thing. He invites her over for dinner. He makes the dinner. His house is clean. It's nice. He takes he treats her good. The thousand watt smile. Yeah. yeah. This is now months into her oh, living there. Man. So he's been courting her for a while. They have a great date. You know, they talk well, no, about no, no, their- no, no, not yet. Not yet. Because Cooper walks in and sees oh, that they've yeah. just been embracing, immediately mm-hmm. turns tail <laughs> and mm-hmm. walks back out. And then later on, she notices at the edge of the bar where Cooper normally sits is this white box. And Evie's like, oh, that's for you. And she's like, uh-huh. no, it couldn't possibly be. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And she's like, listen, I saw the person who dropped it off. It's for you. So she <laughs> opens it, and it's this ugly-looking rock. And Evie's like, no, no, no. Come into the uh, alleyway with me. And she grabs a chisel and a hammer, and they break open this thing. And it's a... I forget Thunder what they're called. Thunder egg. egg. That's yeah. the one. It's all pretty inside. It's got agate. Yeah. And she's like, man, whoever give the, gave this to you really likes you because they're super <laughs> rare, even here. <laughs> she's like, yeah, Evie. fucking Evie. Like, I know uh, who you're talking about. <laughs> it's obvious <laughs> it <was Cooper>. now <laughs> that it was Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Evie just wants the best for Mo and Cooper. She does. So then she goes to the date with Alan. He burns the brownies he was going to make, but don't Adorable. worry, she brought chess squares. It's so good. It's great. They have a great little date. They then they do. make out afterwards. She says she's no, he knows what he's doing. You know, she's yeah. not getting the zings, but, you know, it's good. Sufficient yeah. kissing. And she's like, uh, I just want to, like, slow it down a little bit because she's thinking about her thunder egg. She's thinking about how hot Cooper is, which sucks. No. I know. Poor Alan. And he's really sweet because he like goes to grab a button on her shirt and that's when she slows mm-hmm. things down. He's like, oh, was that too fast? Okay, you know, you're totally right. I want to do this right. And so then he walks her out to the car, gives her a, like a scorching goodbye kiss. And she's like, oh, who dangy? And then leaves. So then you guys, all of a sudden, it's in the middle of the night. She is sleeping and she starts hearing this Whoa, whoa, whoa. When she goes back from Alan's house, she drops her keys and she's fumbling with her keys. And guess who's there? Wolfie oh, McWolf the face. The Werv. Yeah. The Werv. And the Werv's <laughs> looking at her like, will you hear, hurry up with your fucking keys? Because, like, I'm just here to make sure you get inside. And you smooched yeah. Alan tonight and I'm not super happy about it. <laughs> but I don't want you to get attacked again. So just get in your fucking house so I can leave. Chase up some rabbits. And then That's she right. goes in and he leaves. I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. It is. And then she's (laughs) sleeping. (laughs) I can't. I can't. Okay. All right. Go. (laughs) Yeah. So then a few days, weeks, I don't fucking know later, she's sleeping. She hears this like, this like dragging sound on her porch and some moanings and Mm -hmm. some craziness. And so she is really smart here too. She, she sort of cracks the, cracks the blinds or whatever and is like i don't know who that is and somebody's like help please and she's like ah i've heard i've heard that story before yeah 
you could still be fully fit and able. Ted Bundy would act injured to lure yes! ladies. <laughs> she was like, I remember Ted Bundy and his fake cast. And uh-huh. I was like, Mo, I love you. Will that's, you marry that's me? That's one of the things I love about this book is I think, you know, last week we read a book that you like had all your references. This one has all my references. I'm it like, does. Mo knows about all the things I know about. Ted Bundy, <laughs> alias. <laughs> like, I, yes, I a big fan of alias. Me she too. brings up alias a lot. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So she kind of opens the door and she sees an ass. And it is a nice ass. It is quite the nice little orb of an ass. But it is an injured ass. It uh, is. Because he's got a bear trap on his ankle. And he's Cooper. And she's like, what? He's he's a a naked Cooper. Yeah, real naked, too. So he's like, please let me in. Please let me in. And she's like, okay. I'll call 911. He's like, no doctors. No doctors. Don't call any doctors. Because I'm a mythical creature. So (laughs) they'll know. When they cut me open, it'll just be like beams of light. You know, you don't want that. Yeah, it will. They'll be like, why are you 115 degrees? That's not, (laughs) that's That's That will kill a person. (laughs) (laughs) So he crawls into her room and she's like, I guess I have a first aid kit, question mark. And she gets her craftsman tools and pries open that bear trap. Yeah, 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 yeah. She doesn't yeah, so first date him until he's unconscious. That's true. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, I just thought she grabbed both of them at the same time. But yes. Then, before he passes out, he says, whatever you see tonight, do not be a- be afraid. Be by- mm-hmm. be a scared and afraid <laughs> is, is what I tried to say. I just, I feel like that's not what he said, but something similar. It was. It was, it, no matter what you see tonight, don't be afraid. I yeah, thought. yeah, yeah. I was oh, joking because yeah. he but said not, a scared. Ma- not a scared. <laughs> yeah and he also says he'll be fine by morning and she's like your whole thing is fucked up but anyway like that's gotta be broken you know what i mean like jesus so she falls asleep on the couch and then she wakes up no 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 no. i'm sorry no 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 please please (laughs) she puts the neosporin on him unnecessary he's a werewolf he's gonna heal by morning gosh don't you read the books (laughs) but He's got a quilt over his area. Yeah, she tosses a quilt over him, and then she's like, I think I did that too soon. Yeah, she's like, he's unconscious. I would just like to see what his penis looks like. This is a sex crime, but I was here for it. Um, She just lifts it up, and she's like, oh. Well, because she's thinking to herself, she's like, there's got to be one fucking thing wrong with him, so maybe he has a needle dick. Like, just give me a needle needle dick. (laughs) And she was like, Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> Turns out it's a real nice one. <laughs> yeah. It's just as impressive as the rest of him. Right. And then she falls asleep, dreaming mm-hmm. big dreams about big things, and uh-huh. then wakes up and there is just a wolf sitting in front of the fireplace where Cooper used to be. And mm-hmm. I really love this reaction because I think it's what everybody's reaction would be. She like crab crawls. <laughs> right over the side of the couch <laughs> like, away yeah. from him <laughs> jumps right over the- <laughs> and she says for the briefest second I thought I was going insane or that my mom had slipped peyote into her honey oat cookies that she sent her for her birthday yeah. and she's like really either option was possible Yeah. oh she's like I tensed and wished I had thought to grab the fireplace poker I wasn't frequently confronted with fairy tale stock characters I didn't know what to expect <laughs> yeah, it's so good <laughs> Yeah, the writing in this is really funny. Yeah. And I don't remember. I think she just like, she just stands vigil the rest of the night, right? No, she gives him a scratch. 
She goes over and does like, you know, the fist so he can sniff her the fist. And then she gives him a scratch behind the ears. And she's like, I'm super crazy. Like, this is a wolf. But then he kind of like gives her a look. So she stops. And uh, then the look turns into like, why you stop scratches? Yeah, then though? he like turns his head <laughs> yeah. into her again. So yeah, then she stands vigil. For the rest of the night. And then around sunrise, the wolf wakes up and there is a soft breeze in the air and a shudder of light. And then he is Cooper sitting there with Naked a quilt. Yep. Around his lap. And he looks kind of embarrassed. And he does like a little Obi-Wan Kenobi maneuver. And he's like, there was no wolf. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think She's that's like, going to work. No, you're not a Jedi, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, it's worth a shot. <laughs> yeah. And she says, duh, 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 duh. cross my arms over my chest and arched an eyebrow at him. You showed up seriously wounded on my doorstep naked. I didn't call doctors or the police. And even after you turned into a wolf, I'd say you owe me an explanation. And he says, uh, I'm, a, I'm a werewolf. <laughs> Just like that I gathered. Yeah. I just love that he's like, I get that. I am a werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes to ask him even more questions and she's like grilling him and he just Mm -hmm. stands up in front of her, grabs her face, smooches her good and then he pulls away and he's like, Oh, so kisses stop the interrogation. I'm going to have to remember that. She (laughs) says, I have questions for you. Lots of them. And he goes, about the wolf thing? (laughs) She's like, no, I was hoping you'd give me your opinions on global warming, I retorted. Yes, the wolf thing. How is this possible? Were you bitten by a werewolf? Does Evie know about this? What were you doing so close to my house? (laughs) And that's the smooch. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And oh, after he leaves and says kissing shuts you up, I'll have to remember that. She doesn't know what to do because she didn't get the last word and she's pissed. And so she yells out the door, you're still naked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of funny. So good. And then he talks to her later, right? He talks to her in town and he's like, hey, so we can keep this under wraps, right? Yeah, you're not going to tell anybody, right? And she's like, no, you're good. So she talks to Evie. She looks a little weird that day. She's a little freaked out having encountered a mythical creature. Mm-hmm. And Evie's like, you look kind of weird. Are you are you good? Saw you talking to Cooper earlier. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And she's like, oh, yeah, I just like ate some bad food or something. You know, like just kind of like explaining it. And then she sees that there's like some recognition in Evie's face. And she's uh-huh. like, bitch, you know, you know, you know Cooper's a werewolf. And she's like, yeah. I did, I knew, I knew, I knew you knew. <laughs> ah. So she's got somebody else that's in on this. And Evie tells her that she's a dead end. She's in the dead line. Dead of line. The, of the family. And Mo's like, can you? And she like moves her eyebrows up and down. Mm-hmm. And Evie's like, can I what? Wiggle my eyebrows? And she's <laughs> like, no. Can you, can you turn into a wolf? And she's like, no. So she's a cousin who her line is dead. So their only function for the pack is to like keep the, keep keep the, the secret. secret. Yeah. And in this conversation, I think she tells Mo that Cooper was the alpha of his pack. Yeah. Was born the alpha and has since deserted the pack, just like Alcide Hervo. Yeah. Um, and has moved away. <laughs> I bet he's just as hot as Alcide Hervo, too. Mm-hmm. Joe Mangalingalingano. <laughs> Do you think he's related to Max Mangalingalingano? <laughs> she- 
They might be. <laughs> That's not the same name. Oh, I don't I think it is. I never thought of that. It's the same <laughs> name when I see it because I just see an yep. M and then a lot of vowels and L's. And then, uh-huh. um, but it's not. I don't think it is. And yeah. M's, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh. So then the next big thing is the big frost party. We're no, finally there. The next big oh, thing no. is Susie Q, the mailwoman. <gasps> oh. First, what happens is. So we know Susie Q, the male woman, she's a, there. This thing is full of like 30 excellent, fully developed yes. side characters. Fabulous side characters. One of them is Susie Q, who has told Mo that she is not going to deliver her mail until she survives the first winter because it's not worth it to learn Which her address and bring her mail to her. So she will call her if she gets a package, but she's not delivering it to her. She's also blackmailed Mo for chess squares because her mom put her entire name mm-hmm. on a, a package for her birthday mm-hmm. and she has told her that she will not tell anybody if she gets mm-hmm. at least a dozen of her chess squares yeah <laughs> then mo produces the chess squares gives uh-huh. them to Susie q and then Susie q goes to the fucking like bright the hairdresser the, the hairdresser and, and fucking accidentally spills the beans. lets it split and Slip. so Mo's like, you are cut off from chess squares for a month. And she's like, you can what? have the lemon bars. And she's like, I hate the lemon bars. And Mo's like, like, I know. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. So anyway, so she's hilarious. Well, Susie Q gets fucked up by a wolf right outside her house and she gets her throat ripped out and it's bad. Um, so she's in Doesn't intensive die. care. Yeah. Yeah. So now Mo's like, man, I just met this man who's a wolf. And like this lady just got like almost murdered by a wolf like i hope it's not the same wolf sort of thing also alan the forest ranger is the person that's hot on the case of the wolf attack and you know spoiler alert there's going to be several wolf attacks and alan is the person that's like on this poor guy poor guy he's also taking it very seriously because he loves everybody in town Mm -hmm. so now it's the big big (laughs) party I'm sorry that I want to do the whole. I'm sorry. No, um, no, no. You're fine. That was an important. I just thought that happened after the big frost party because I thought it was the same morning he left her house afterwards. But that's fine. No. So next thing is the bear attack. So when she she volunteers to go watch Susie Q's dog, which is a dachshund abomination. Yeah. The breed, I am familiar with dachshund abominations. I understand so, what she's dealing with here. Yeah, this one apparently just looks like a, a Rottweiler shrunken down and elongated. Like, yeah. Just, but it's like face isn't the, the long dachshund that you apparently want. I don't know. Right. I don't understand people who are picky about what dogs look like. So. Right, but this one looks like something that shouldn't be. And I am yeah. familiar with dogs that shouldn't be because uh-huh. I have a dachshund that looks like, you know... Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, the weasels? Yeah. You know, the real dumb one? Yeah. Yeah. That's what Rooster looks like. She does. <laughs> that beautiful bitch. It's Aww. so great. So her. I really like this dog named Oscar, who she takes into her house. Well, Oscar gets out, and so she goes out in the woods chasing well, after. When she picks him up, just real quick, when she mm-hmm. picks him up at Susie Q's, um, all of a sudden, what's-his-name is there again, and... He like sneaks up on her and she's Cooper. like, We talked about this, yeah, Cooper. You're not supposed to sneak up on me. And he's like, I just I just wanted to see if I could figure out like what scent was nearby. Like really he's trying to figure mm-hmm. out whether he or not did it. he attacked Susie. Because he doesn't always remember his wolf times. Yeah. 
So he's like, I don't smell. She's like, did you do this? And he's like, I don't smell myself anywhere. Like, yeah. I'm trying to figure this out. And it's so sad. Yeah. So, so then he gets Oscar out. the dog jumps into her car and goes yeah. home with her and she can't do anything about it. So Oscar gets out that night. She's chasing him through the forest. She's trying to get Oscar. And then grizzly bear attack. Grizzly bear. Because Oscar has gotten the scent of a, an apex predator uh-huh. and has decided that that is the best course of action. That is a this trait dumbass. in docks and abominations, uh-huh. I will tell you. Because Rooster has barked her face off at a full bull moose before and I just have oh to like gently remove this like <laughs> 15 pound dog from the situation before the moose charges us. So then, grizzly bear out of nowhere gonna attack oscar she saves oscar and then the grizzly bear comes after mo it's beauty and the beast but reversed the beast is coming at mo and the wolf is gonna save her and (gasps) jumps at the bear and they have a bear versus wolf sort of fight and then the bear and oscar tries to get in there too yeah oscar's a brave dog it's a dachshund trait if you google up dachshund saves family from bear there is more than one story of Dachshund really? saves family from bear. Yeah. Huh. Doesn't work out for the Dachshund. Yeah, I most... was like, it just becomes bear snack, right? Yeah, bear <laughs> snack while the family can get away. But that is a brave, <laughs> that is a brave Dachshund. That is a Dachshund that has sacrificed herself for her family. Aww. And that is what Rooster would do for me. Oh. So there's a bear attack. Most people would be very scared by this. We do have one fan that would be like, my life's dream, take me bear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Leanne. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that kind of made it sound like Leanne was into bears in like a, a sexy way. That's not what I mean. She just really oh, likes no. bears. She just likes bears. <laughs> the the yeah. phrase take me bear didn't sound great. So I just wanted bear. to be clear. Because there are those books. Um, so. <laughs> so, then, next? They, so then he morphs out of wolf form. And he's like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, she's like, I didn't shit. mean to. I was just going after Oscar. And he's like, leave the bear snack to be a bear snack. Yeah. Promise stop me leaving you'll your stop house. doing this. Yeah. And so then he morphs back into wolf. Mm-hmm. And he and Oscar have a little <laughs> dog conversation. And Oscar... When he morphs back into a wolf, she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, phasing. I don't walk through the woods naked because it hurts my parts. Yeah. (laughs) And then he phases. Sorry. I just love that line. So good. So then they have a little dog conversation Mm -hmm. and and they immediately flank her and head back to the cabin. And -hmm. then as he's leaving, he he morphs back into wolf form and he nods at Oscar and Oscar like ruffles himself back and she's like, I think that this motherfucker just put Oscar in charge of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. How dare he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he fucks off. Um, so then it's starting to get cold. What is it? Really? Yes. Is it starting to get cold? Yeah. What happens when it gets colder? <laughs> Are you, are you suggesting the big freeze party might be next? (laughs) Maybe, maybe it's finally the big freeze party time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) this chapter starts off by saying, hell isn't hot, hell is cold, eye-watering, tooth-chattering, razor-sharp goosebumps, cold. 
And I agree with that. That's true. It says winter started off small, wanting to keep my coat on hours after I've gone into the kitchen. This is something (laughs) I do all the time. I keep my my winter coat on in the house for so long after I've come inside. David does it too. And it'll be like, oh, I'm still wearing my hat and gloves and I've been inside (laughs) for like an hour. Um, Not being able to put my bare foot on the bedroom floor without losing my breath. And then one morning, I walked out the door, bundled into my thick down parka, felt the icy slap of air against my cheeks, and ran right back inside. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Um, But yeah, where she's at, it's going to reach like 30 below, 40 below, likely. Oh, no. Yeah. No, fuck that. There's no no way. So Evie tells her that they need to get ready for this big freeze party. So they're going to go into town and get a bunch of supplies. And she's like, why do you do this? And Mm -hmm. Evie's like, well, a lot of our neighbors are just not going to brave the six Mm -hmm. foot, 20 foot snow drifts to try to get into town to like say hi to people. So they just hibernate like they have enough supplies. And so this is the last sort of hurrah for three months or more until we all see each other again. And it is a tradition passed down from generation to generation. Evie said solemnly in a hokey, resonant Indian folktale voice. <laughs> she added, For many moons, it has provided a way for unattached men and women yeah. of Grundy to find the person they plan on shacking up with for the season. That's right. <laughs> I just loved that. Like, you better find somebody at the freeze party. You're not going to find mm-hmm. them after. Um, and I don't know if it was like mentioned much in this book. I can't remember because this is a series. But the, the town is only accessible in the winter by snow machine. You can't yeah. get back into Anchorage or back into one of the bigger cities without a snow machine in the winter. So the people who live a couple miles out from town are going to have to snow machine in and out from even Grundy, let alone far off. Uh, and that gets cold and loud and hard to do. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So then she's like, you are going to wear that little red dress I saw in your closet. And she's like, no, that sounds dumb. Like, right. why would I do that? She's mm-hmm. like, you're gonna, you're gonna wear that red dress. Because it's like, sexy. She just, yeah, she won't leave her alone about it. So she mm-hmm. arrives at the, the first freeze party and takes off her coat and everybody stops talking and looks over at her yeah. because she looks sexy. <laughs> it is a formal party, but all the men are either wearing like kind of wrinkly button downs and jeans. The, like ties and jeans. Yeah, sure. You know, Abner, the 82-year-old. Abner, oh, Abner, who tells she he's he's hitting on her nonstop. Mm-hmm. She says he looks like the old man from old school. <laughs> he tells her that if he if she just comes home with him, her feet will always be warm. He's got a TV. He's got a hot tub. He made himself, <laughs> and he keeps on upping the ante. Yeah. He's like he's like not only are your feet gonna be warm and the fridge will be full of meat. But now I'll promise you a color TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, Abner, I'm really. <laughs> she tells him she's holding out for a convertible yes. <laughs> at one point. <laughs> it's great. Um, but he's wearing a full scale, like all corduroy green suit, you know. Um, and the women are wearing stuff that she says she thinks they probably ordered from a JCPenney catalog in the 80s. It's like church attire. Yeah. yeah. Or just. It probably sexy stuff for like 1983, but like which didn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> so she immediately throws her parka back on, rushes to the kitchen, and is like, "Evie, this was a stupid idea. I can't believe you made me wear this." And she's like, "Just get out there, like a lot yeah. of people, you know." So Alan's already seen her, I think, and Alan's uh-huh. like, 
I'm about it. And yeah. she decided when she put on this dress, she's like, I'm a fuck Alan tonight. I'm bringing Alan home. That's what's happening. This is my like he doesn't. This is a good it's choice. Not fireworks, but this is my shot at getting sex for the winter. <laughs> like, and it's and like good, the healthiest option. Yeah, he's a good dude. I like yeah. him. We hit it off. Sensible choice. Right. So he's like hubba hubba. Then Evie's like yeah. some other people have noticed you too. And then she looks over at Cooper, is talking to a couple people, mm. and then somebody like nudges Cooper and like gestures over to her. And he drops his beer. <laughs> Smooth, Cooper. Yeah, Smooth. and she's like, "That's the that's the reaction ladies are looking for when they uh-huh. put on the red dress." Is like choking on your drink and dropping your beer. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So Alan asked her to dance. They two step around for a bit, and and she's like, "Man, still no fireworks." He's like, he's had a couple of beers already, so he's he's being a little bit handsier than he normally would be. Still totally respectful. And she's like, I mean, I, I'm picking up what he's throwing down, but I don't know if I really want to carry it across the court, you know, like, ugh. and that's when Cooper is like, may I cut in? And she's Alan's like, was like, this a movie? <laughs> yeah. And Alan's like, rah, 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 I guess. Mm-hmm. And walks away. And then Cooper grabs her and she feels all the zings, every mm-hmm. zing possible. She is feeling but then, of course, they bicker. Mm-hmm. And does Alan cut back in? Yeah. Uh, well, they have a, a moment where he kind of... They have Just a little slap, slap, kiss moment where he, like, pulls her in and she's, you know, taking in the spicy scent of his breasts Musk. and they're real close. And that's when Alan's like, all right, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. get back in here, yeah. And then she spends the rest of the evening just sort of like dancing with literally everybody because everybody wants to dance with her. She keeps trying to help in the kitchen and Evie keeps on shooing her back out because she's mm-hmm. intent that uh, Mo's going to get laid this winter. And then mm-hmm. finally she's like, man, it's earlier than I thought it would be, but I just need to go home. Can I go back? I'm yeah. sorry. Can I read it? The dancing? Please. All right. Um. I didn't expect to see you here, I murmured as Cooper's hand slid down the fabric over my back. My breath caught and a warm, liquid wave of sensation spread from my chest to my belly. Gah! Stupid, sexy werewolves! This is why I couldn't (laughs) take Alan home. Because as much as I cared for him, he never made me, could never make me feel the way Cooper did. I would know it. And considering my responses so far, if I went to bed with Alan, he would know it. And that's the last thing I wanted to do was hurt him. Fine. Mm. Alan was the right choice. But that didn't mean sleeping with Cooper made it any more sense. I just had to think of non-sexy things right now. Baseball. Bill (laughs) O'Reilly naked. (laughs) The the dead. Fetid smell of Delta mud on an August day. Leonard Tremblay's hot tub. (laughs) Wet socks. Muddy, wet, naked Cooper in a hot tub. Damn! (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. She's like, okay, I've decided not to sleep with Alan, but also I can't sleep with Cooper. Like, it's just going to be a sexless winter. Yeah. Um, and that's when, yeah, she leaves. So she goes out to her car- truck and she's unlocking it and she's like, God damn it, I feel a presence behind me. Mm-hmm. So she turns around and she's like, What do you want? Mm-hmm. And he goes, I don't like to repeat myself because oh, while because, they were dancing. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry, I should have read that part. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're fighting and. 
she said, is this like a dog in the manger thing? And he's like, what is that? And she's like, well, is it culturally offensive to werewolves? And <laughs> he's like, no, I just don't know what you're talking about, dog in the manger. And she's like, it's like, you don't want me, but you also don't want anybody else to want me. That's why you're so territorial with Alan. And he's like, I never said I didn't want you. And she's yeah. like, what are you talking about? And he's right. like, I'm not going to repeat myself. And then that's the end of their night. Mm-hmm. We think. But we think. But he then. He up. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait. So, yeah. So, outside the car, he's like, I don't like to repeat myself. And she's like, I can. I don't have the energy for this. I'm mm-hmm. going home. So, she goes home. She pulls up to the cabin. She's unlocking the door. And then, all of a sudden, here's my question. I can't remember whether or not he's naked. Yeah. I think he's he might naked. Be naked. Yeah, yeah. He's straight because up naked. Because he, he has at phased. Her. Yeah. yeah. He he's phased. She sees this wolf jumping out of the the tree line, and then mm-hmm. he he phases on the way to her. He like the door is open. He barrels into her, picks her up, like kisses her, and then immediately just deposits her by the fireplace yeah. and through the door, is- slams the door, throws her on the floor. Mm. And it's on. T.M. It's on. <laughs> so also, Mo has like a very extensive lingerie collection. All the underwear she wears is like $300 lingerie. She's pretty stingy, yeah. but not on the lingerie. He just fucking sh- rips it to shreds. There's petals rips of the silk. dress. Yeah, everything is just like... And it's... um My favorite line in this is... um oh, She's like screaming his name. She comes like three times before they even have sex. I might have been embarrassed by my hair trigger response because she just came. They they haven't even started. Yeah, he's going um, he's going down on her. Yeah. Um I might have been embarrassed by my hair trigger response, but I didn't have the required cognitive ability. The most thought profound thought my brain could cobble together was Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it. I um, need to do a bing boog bong. Oh no. What sex position is this with Melody? I don't know. What? I did not oh, understand you mean her it. like on top sex position. Yes, I this didn't been, get it. Okay, this has been a bing boom bong for me for a while because I, but I think I know what's going on. Because this is the third time you've re- you've reread this. Yeah, what I think is going on is she's sort of so she's on top of him. I at first I thought she was facing him, and then mm-hmm. I thought it was reverse cowgirl, and now I think I'm back to traditional cowgirl. I believe that she is facing him, and then I think. She's sort of doing a a camel kind of pose with her hands on her calves yes. or her hands on the floor. Calves. She calls it a bridge mm-hmm. of some sort, but that's not what a bridge is. It would be a bridge if it were horizontal. So I okay. think it's a camel. Okay. But with her hands on her calves. And then okay. I think and, and she's-, she's like arching her back a lot mm-hmm. because obviously... And then she's moving up and down or whatever, but she's balancing. They talk about how how she's like, how it's tough to balance in this position. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think is happening. She's in she's in camel pose, hands on calves, toes tucked under. Sometimes her knees are hitting the floor as she balances, but she's also balancing up on her toes. What? That's what I think is happening. Because sometimes no. they talk about how her knees are on the floor, and sometimes they talk about how she's balancing on her toes. That's why oh, it's so Jesus. impressive. Wow. Because he's like, how do you do that? And she's like, I'm real good at yoga because I grew up yeah. on a commune. So I think that's what's happening. This is my third time through 
I think that's what's okay. happening. But it has, All yeah, right. it has confused me. Yeah. Fair enough. I completely forgot about it until just now, though. Yeah, yeah. I was just confounded. So he, uh-huh. so Molly Harper, if you are listening, which you're not. Molly Harper, let bitches know. Let us know. We're only an hour yeah. and 23 minutes into this. She could still be listening. She could. It's, it's possible. Anyway. Yeah. If you know, let us know. Okay. Then he like spoons her, right? He, she comes yeah. again. He tosses her on the ground, gets behind her and mm-hmm. spoons her until he's done. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he's like snurfling up on her, on mm-hmm. her neck parts and everything. And he's like, how did you do that? And that's where they have mm-hmm. the whole yoga conversation. He's like, oh, oh, and he bites her when he comes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. A little, little a little bite. bite. A little, yeah. a little, 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 little tiny little bite. wolf bite. Yeah. <laughs> little werewolf bite. Then they shack up for the whole winter. Yeah, like pretty much. Weeks pass. They just are spending all of their time banging it out. Like whenever they can't get into town, they're just at home doing all the sexes mm-hmm. for a few months. Do we stop here? Oh, yeah. I think we stop here. Um. Hey, guys. Silver lining. At least we got to the sex this time. No, and I, I, I am totally comfortable with stopping here because it's been a fun ride up until now it has so. been but a lot of times we get through part one and it's like it's like they haven't even kissed yet we'll see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry guys this is gonna be a two-parter but this is one of my favorite books so i think that's okay i think that's good yeah all right cool um so aaron talk to me about some lady loves oh i have two. Oh, i'll do the next one for part two stay yeah, tuned friends okay so I love the book series, uh, The Magicians by Lev Grossman. I put off watching the show for a long time because I saw the stupid, not logo, but the intro for it looked cheap and sci-fi like. And I was like, I just don't want this. Oh. I have a perfect, I'm sure all of our listeners have had this, that you have a perfect view of what the books are and you don't want it fucked up by some like cheap ass sci-fi show. But I caved last weekend and started watching it. And that is a bomb ass good show i love it everyone needs to watch this show whether you read the books or not it's it's probably weirder if you read the books or if you didn't Uh. read the books um because there's some kind of weirdness there's a lot of weirdness in it so i mean there's tons of weirdness and i mean you read those i didn't i didn't read the books i love the show okay okay great awesome yeah it is fantastic and if you are a fan of those books what they do is they take the they take the a and b plot from the books and they add a c and d plot so it's just a little deeper all those side characters get a little bit more stuff to do Mm -hmm. um it's great it's fantastic perfectly cast really good show awesome should watch it can i just tell you michael hates that show and that's one of the reasons that I know I love it so hard. Mm-hmm. Because like there are shows that Michael and I agree on, but mm-hmm. most of the time we just vehemently disagree about television. And yeah. so he started calling it the Magicians for <laughs> <laughs> while we were still trying to watch it together. And now I think I only watch it on Netflix when it comes out on Netflix, but I binge it so hard yeah. when it comes on Netflix. Um Yeah, it's really good. David doesn't really watch TV or movies. He only really has ever liked Breaking Bad and The Wire. Those yeah. are the only two shows I can think of that he actually liked. But we came, we pulled up Netflix this week to watch something before bed. And I was like, ooh, let's watch The Magicians. And he's like, oh, I was hoping somebody who had our Netflix password was watching that. You're watching <laughs> that? And I was like, shut up. It's a good show. I'm like, it probably wasn't on at the same time as Breaking Bad or it would have won all those awards. And he was like, 
okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like, no, it's good. He doesn't like fantasy things. That's okay. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Lady, My lady love, love is self, similar, uh huh, but it's just a life hack. Um, because I share passwords with some streaming services with uh like quite a few friends. Mm-hmm. Like we all share together. So my life oh, hack interesting. is it's the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah, why what don't could we I share? be getting for free? This is bullshit. <laughs> I pay for everything. Yeah. Basically Netflix. That's the one David we contribute. Meh. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> but a friend of mine came over because we use her Hulu. And she was like, she was like, oh, man, like she was sort of doing the the joking, but I'm super fucking serious right now thing mm-hmm. where she's like, oh, yeah, I just saw all of the Sesame Street that's all over my Hulu. And I was like, oh, that's weird because I don't I don't watch that on Hulu because I don't want to mess with your algorithm. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, that's I wonder who's doing that then. Oh, I bet it's my brother and his children. <laughs> so, but with the rest of the stuff, like if you can create extra profiles, do that. Mm-hmm. Like I have on our Netflix, there's an, a, there's a profile that Michael and I share. There's one that I have dubbed bad movies, which Michael knows not to touch mm-hmm. because otherwise like I'll get back into our profile and mm-hmm. he's going to start seeing all the Hallmark Christmas movies he hates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, like, you know, we also have extra profiles for Ember and everything else. Just, like, separate it out, guys, because mm-hmm. it's way better. I don't want your real housewives all over my Hulus. I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. I don't and I don't think that you want all the British procedurals that I watch on, on your Hulus. Yeah, my parents so, have my Hulu, and so I get a lot of, like, shades of blue I get a lot of like, you know, <laughs> whatever is the ABC, NBC thing yep. that's happening right now. I'm like, oh, yep. God, shades of blue fucking up my <laughs> algorithm. I don't want to see that. <laughs> algorithm is done. Uh-huh. Anyway. anyway, so that's my sort of lady love slash life hack. If you can separate it out, do, do it. it. All right. All right. Uh, you can find us on many social medias. One of those is Instagram at Heaving Bosoms. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitter at heaving underscore bosoms. Find us on Facebook. We not only have a page where we share shit, but we also have this really friggin' awesome group where things are just lit all the time. It's great. It's amazing. It's the best. It's like my favorite. I actually realized the other day that I haven't posted anything on my personal Facebook in, no, I, feel I like just over post everything on the group because when I'm yeah. like, should I post it on my personal Facebook or should I post it for all of my true friends? That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that is the page is um, Heaving Bosoms Podcast. And then the group is Heaving Bosoms Podcast Geriatric Friendship Cult. And then on our website is www.heavingbosomspodcast.com dot com yep and then our patreon um i just saw a couple of cards posted like people got some cards i'm really excited so that is patreon.com slash heaving bosoms Mm -hmm. we do extra content there and then you know depending on how much you decide to contribute we'll send you a card we'll do a shout out on the podcast we'll do a bunch of fun shit you and if a, you, you get, get one of the package. higher levels, it won't come in all. It won't all come in one bundle. We're trying to yeah. space them out so that you get a little more like 
happiness out of additional mail. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. Cool. So, Aaron, keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love getting attacked by a bear, Leanne. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. I love it. All right. I will talk to you soon. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.